0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 48 as the New York Rangers are currently up 3-1 against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the New York Rangers are looking to end their season on a strong, healthy, healthy, healthy note uh, as we uh, gear up for the playoffs in mid-April. So uh, I first have to start off this podcast with asking Andy, how are you doing, my friend?
0: Uh, I was doing good until Truba went to the locker room. If you're listening to this Thursday morning, we are recording right after the first period. Uh, Jacob Truba has taken a spill on his head and went to the locker room. We'll see if he returns for the second period, but or if they're going to keep him out. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious, but uh, I think we were speaking on our last time we spoke about just trying to stay healthy. The Rangers get Lindgren back, and of course, now Truba goes to the locker room. So just shows you just how... It's how hard it is to make it through the regular season unscathed. So, uh, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I I don't know. I don't know what it is. It could be precautionary. Uh, The New York Rangers have a three, you know, three, one lead. So there's no reason to rush him back if they don't need him. And, you know, uh, I think just for the New York Rangers, it's survive these games and hopefully no one else gets hurt. Love the fact that we're resting Patrick King tonight against the lightning. He definitely, um, he needs to be healthy. He's one of those guys that needs to be a hundred percent going in the playoffs. I don't want to hear with him that he's had a nagging injury ever, since he's gotten to the Rangers, and that's why he was a failure in the playoffs. Those were those excuses were used last year. Panarin was hurt, cop was hurt, Strom was hurt. All you hear about everybody was hurt. I don't want to hear it. They, we rest them, and if you know. There's emergency call-ups. I, I don't know how it works at this point. Um, if you have to play shorthanded, you play shorthanded. Just literally play a 1-4 and lose, you know, 5 nothing. I don't care at this point because realistically, you're not catching the New Jersey Devils and you're stuck in that third spot and it is what it is. So for me, I'd rather get killed the rest of the way and be healthy for the playoffs. This way, I don't have to hear any, any excuses. But, you know, obviously, you know, if, if people are healthy, then they have to play. So, um, but I, I love the fact that we're doing a little maintenance day on Patrick Kane. Uh, he doesn't need to play the rest of the way. Neither does Lindgren. Neither does obviously Truba. now, uh, I would like to get Panarin, maybe a couple, a game or two, and even Fox a game or two. Uh, but now with Truba being out Lindgren, I fog, you can't obviously make it work that way. Um, unless you run five defensemen. So, yeah, it, it'll be uh interesting to see how we balance this stuff out going the rest of the way. Uh Andy, are you surprised with the 3-1 lead after the first period?
0: No, I think um this team has had put some pretty strong performances against Tampa in the past. I actually think matchup-wise, even though the Rangers ran out of gas and were eventually bounced from the playoffs by them, I do think they're a bad matchup for Tampa. I think they do uh They're more willing to get up into your kitchen. I think Tampa likes to make a lot of passes in small, like a lot of five foot passes. You know what I mean? And I think the Rangers are very good about at least being physical and available. They cause a lot of turnovers. They're willing to put the body on you in those areas. Although obviously they struggle off the rush, but I think that it kind of plays into the Ranger strength to feed their transition going the other way, the way they like to get in your grill if you're close to them. But, uh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, isn't it fantastic when Vasilevsky stinks? Yeah, it makes me feel good. And, but it's also, (laughs) he's been absolutely awesome, you know, but, and that just goes to show it doesn't matter how good you are as a goaltender. You'd be the best goaltender in the NHL. Sorokin's had some stinkers this year, despite being, I think, the best goaltender in the NHL. Um, It's going to happen, but you just got to know that your team can get get to him. And I think, um, but you have to be careful because Tampa is a tough team and, uh, They got one on the power play, much like the Rangers' first goal. It's basically the same goal that Kreider got. You know what I mean? So, um, but it's good that at least that the Rangers are definitely skating tonight. That's undoubtable. And when you see that when they skate, the way they skate, that just ready to attack, attack, attack. It kind of makes the other team tentative. And right now, it feels like the third line. Obviously, I feel like uh, it's kind of in a wash. Maybe you might want to give the edge and play five on five to. The uh, point and Kucherov line and Stamkos line, but I feel like the kids and uh, the fourth line are just running roughshod over Tampa's bottom six, which is what you need, and that hopefully that's a play a preview of what what they can do in the playoffs. You know, yeah, the bottom
1: six for the New York Rangers is is obviously going to be hopefully the difference maker when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, you know, we were I think we're talking about it today that you know really for any team around the NHL, it's going to be really hard for you know for them you know even the boston bruins to really truly match up uh you know player for player when it c- comes to our you know top 3 lines and then our fourth line man they are just a bunch of workhorses and you see what happens when you know they're moving their feet they're cycling the puck um they can you know they can break you down defensively and they had a really nice goal today throwing the puck up for a cycle Mott throws the puck on net vc's right there There's chaos. There's a lot of movement. And, you know, even the goalie breaks down when there's constant, you know, flurry of of shots getting thrown on goal. You don't know who's going to throw it on goal, who's going to be coming in and tipping it. I think right before that goal, Andy, Vasilevskiy basically had to, like, make a sprawling save on a redirection by Mott. So it just it goes to show you that, you know, you don't need to have the most skilled players in the world to be able to break down a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. You just got to keep moving your feet, cycling the puck, and you know, eventually, you know, it can't just be all perimeter play. You have to throw it on net, and it doesn't have to be pretty, as you saw in that last goal. It just has to be on net, and it has a chance to go in. I mean, even a goalie like Vasilevsky, like you said, can lay an egg once in a while, and that's that's how the goals are going to be scored in the playoffs. It's going to be, you know, who's going to be willing to work hard, who's going to be willing to just muck it up and throw a puck on net and get a lucky bounce, and. That shit happens all the time in the playoffs. Very rarely do you see a tic-tac-toe play, you know, end the game, especially like in overtime. It's always a fluky shot from the point that gets deflected. It bounces. It hits, you know, somebody in the butt or something. So, yeah, there's 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 a huge advantage for the New York Rangers if our fourth line can play like that and our third line, you know, being the quote-unquote kid line um, is able to play at the top of their game. Uh, the question is whether or not our top two lines are able to compete with other teams, top two lines. So, you know, I think for them, um, you know, being, you know, the Mika's line and Trocek's line, it's like, are you, are you guys willing to work hard? Are you guys willing to get dirty in the corners? Are you guys able to cycle the puck and work hard and win a loose puck battle, you know, and have it squirt out in front of the net and be able to get a stick on it? And, you know, maybe, you know, screen the goalie, you know, get a rebound you know, win the guts of the ice in front of the net and hopefully pop home a rebound. Like, it's the little shit like that that wins you a playoff series. And you saw a little bit of it last year with the New York Rangers. It was frustrating just how inconsistent we were at doing so, uh, especially against, you know, goaltending like uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins had with, uh, excuse me, uh, was it De Smith and Louis Deming. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, Andy, obviously the playoffs are coming up. You see the New York Rangers right now. How confident are you in our top six to be
0: consistent enough to be productive in the playoffs? Barring um, everyone's healthy. I mean, you know, Kreider and, and Mika were productive last year. And Aaron had a rough playoffs by his standard, but between Strom not being the type of player that, puts you in the areas you want to be in the playoffs and uh also you know Panarin was clearly I think he was clearly hurt as well um yeah I just think that it wasn't there you know what I mean and like you I think the point you said about Kane it's like they're resting him so there are no excuses so we'll have to see when push comes to shove if if he's ready, but I mean, you look Tarasenko seems well suited for playoff hockey. Just he's yeah, he's tougher than advertised. He's just a tank. I think that's literally his nickname, right? <laughs> Frank the Tank or whatever they call him. But um, big body can hit, and obviously Meek and Meek is uh, you know, not a wallflower by any means. And you know, and Kreider when he feels like it can be a freight train if he if he chooses to constantly engage. But uh, yeah, I think. You know, uh, as although they were productive, it seemed at times, you know, especially in the Pittsburgh series, that they the the Mika line got absolutely worked by the top other teams' top lines. But uh, I think it, it comes down to Gallant not falling victim to his own line blundering tendencies. That too, you know what I mean. I think you had something good with with um, Panarin, uh, Tarasenko, and uh, Mika, and then Crider trocha Kane it's one of those things that even if it maybe it's like the other, it's like maybe the other, other combinations can score prettier goals. But I just think from a consistency standpoint that, that balances those lines better. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully they end up at that overall. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see it's, but again, I think as everyone says that you really, you are looking for your third and fourth line to help win you those series. Cause it's like, if all else, you're hoping that's the one place where there seems to be the most disparity in the nhl is is in uh bottom six you know middle six and bottom six talent so you're like you said if it's like if the top line goes goal for goal with the other team's top line who you know can score then it's like those third lines are going to um third and fourth line are what it's going to be all about hopefully the rangers can stop turning the puck over here because again that's something that has plagued them as well this year yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I think also too, for it's, it's crazy.
1: Like looking back at last year, Andy, you know, Strom and Tro- Trochek uh, couldn't be like more different in how they play. I feel like Trocek is just a wild man around the ice where Strom was a little bit more cerebral. I think he played off of, you know, what Panarin is going to do, but I really like the fact that Trocek kind of like a go-getter I'll make my own, you know, time and space. I'll just, work hard and get the puck and, you know, whether that's in the corner or in front of the net. And I think that will play well come playoff time. You're going to need a player like that. Um, and, you know, whether or not, um, you know, I, I obviously Gallant with juggling the lines a little bit. I mean, sometimes he's forced into it. Like, I don't think he always wants to, but like the performance against Buffalo was almost like, I don't even know what combination to put in right now because everyone stinks. So, you know, he was juggling the lines a little bit. But, you know, whether whether or not, um, you know, uh, Kreider and, you know, Patrick Kane play well with Trocek, I, I think I think for our first first line and second line for the New York Rangers come playoff time, I'm literally asking them just to play even hockey, like just be able to withstand the pace of the other team's all stars. And then let our third line be the difference maker. You know, the kids were the difference maker last playoffs. Like if if they weren't clicking like they did last year, the Rangers, I don't think, get out of the first round. So, you know, let them be the difference makers. Let, let them be an awful matchup for every team in the playoffs. And then, you know, our fourth line has to be a workhorse. You need a goal or two just to you know uh you know win a series you know if they get a couple goals every series that's going to be huge for the new york rangers and like i said listen i my expectations for our top six is just break even you know play even against the other team's all-stars and then you know let our you know bottom six be the difference maker it's the reason why we went out and we got players like mott it's the difference you know it's the difference between in my opinion winning and losing a series whether or not your fourth line can contribute it's a the, the moralizing thing you know every new york ranger fan knows it when you know when you're listening to the replay and sam's like yeah so and so just scored it's his sixth goal of the season and we're sitting here in game 75 it's like yeah that's what that's that's what good teams do they they their bottom players will find ways to, sh- to chip in if their other players can't get it done so yeah um Oh man, uh, I'm Andy, I got the game going on right now in front of me. Uh, I said, "I Shisterkin, We've spoke about this
0: too. He's starting to look like him, his usual self. He's made a few I, ten bell saves in this game tonight already because uh, the Rangers are actually getting worked by Tampa in the second period here. So,
1: yeah, why? Why? Like, let me ask you a question. And Tampa, of course, um, an unbelievable deflection. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you a question. All right. So, Shesterkin didn't obviously have the season he did last year. We all knew that that was going to happen because, I mean, just statistically, he was off the charts last year. Going into this season, obviously, he struggled. But, like, what, is the, what was the difference maker between Shesterkin right now this week or Shesterkin, like, a month ago when
0: people were basically saying, like, he sticks? Uh, it's a, a couple of things. I think if you listen to any interviews with Steve at that, um, he does a good job breaking down what he's seen in Shesterkin's game and why, what he's doing right now that he wasn't doing earlier in the season. And, you know, he says he's going to chalk it up to a lot of things. He'll say mental, you know, obviously confidence is a big one. But he says that one thing Shusterkin was doing early on this year is that if you look at how uh, wide he was planting his feet, he was planting it wider than he usually does. Uh, and it wasn't allowing him to, oh boy. Yep, there we go. Tyler Mott, yep. two goal game, Easy. Vasilevsky, leaky, baby. Um, but, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Great podcasting. Uh, but he's planting his feet wider, which was, basically forcing making it harder for him to get back into position if he was to go down early or bite on a shot and it also meant that you know he had less uh, ability to push off you know uh, farther and he also said just at times watching his tracking being things like that he's always talking about being your head over puck and uh positioning you know relative to your post he just said it was just off he just wasn't you know getting beat on shots that never used to beat him last year, clear-sided shots from, you know, from beyond the circles, which for Shosturkin was last year, he was the best goaltender in the NHL at stopping those shots. But uh, right in this game right now, he's down two goals, but they were both on deflections that he had no chance on. But he's made everything he's can see, or at least had to fight for, he's pretty much stopped so far. So, yeah, and honestly, I think the other thing with Igor is that when he's attacking pucks not just making saves but it looks like he's attacking pucks with his saves and his stick and his uh, especially scrambles in front of him he puts out a lot of fires before they even start by being aggressive and just saying you know i'm gonna get out there and at the very least get get to it that i'm gonna it's almost like creating a 50 50 battle with him and the, the the opposing player in front of his net that wants to try to corral it and like either stash it into the net you know what i mean
1: yeah. And, and, and too, I think we spoke about this also is that, you know, for Igor, you know, last year, I think the Rangers were conceding just a ton of shots. And this year, it's a little bit different. I don't think we're giving up as many shots on goal, which, you know, obviously the style of play is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. And he's, and, and I think he's more engaged when there's more pucks getting thrown at him. If that, you know, oh, I, yeah, that as, too. As, as ironic as that is, and, and even starts too, like, I don't know when I feel like he's starting almost every game. He's just a different goaltender and Halak has just been so good that it's hard not to, you know, rest Igor and, you know, give Halak a little bit more opportunities to play. And, you know, I, that that's obviously good coaching by Gallant seeing that, but also maybe hurts, you know, Shisterkin a little bit in terms of, you know, finding a rhythm and consistency in his game. So, Uh, and I feel like now we're leaning on Igor a little bit more going into the playoffs, which I think is good, you know, like boost his confidence, let him see a ton of shots, you know, you know, I'm glad he's going against teams like, you know, Tampa tonight. Uh, You know, I I think the New York Rangers uh, end the season with a a team like Toronto. I doubt Igor will play that game, but uh, you know, I, I think it's important for him to see, you know, a ton of
0: shots and just feel good about his game going into the playoff. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $500 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, anything else on goaltending? Hmm. Not really. I mean, I think if you had to, I know there's still a couple of games here left in the regular season, but at least as far as the regular season is concerned, even though Igor wasn't uh, his best, I mean, we don't know. I don't know if you're going to see Yarrow a lot down the stretch here, but he, 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 what more could you ask for from him the season he had, especially early on where he, you know, he wasn't he, what he didn't have. He didn't have a single win in his first six games, stars or whatever, but none of, outside of one game. I think he had one stinky game versus Columbus, but the rest wasn't his fault. It's just the Rangers were playing like absolute garbage. This is pre helmet toss, mind you. But uh, what a great season from a I think you couldn't ask for anything more, I think. Especially considering uh, the Georgiev tension was kind of at an all time high last year where fans were like, Obviously, lo and behold, I think it's anyone can see now that Georgiev that yeah, you know, it helps obviously playing for the defending Stanley Cup champions, but uh he was a guy that with more starts on a good team is gonna be a good goaltender. He's had a good season, you know. Um, so but I think Halak's mindset is perfectly suited for what the Rangers need right now for the as a uh backup goaltender.
1: Yeah, he's the Halakness monster. And
0: we always have success with, you know, our Oh wow. Clubs. So they're sorry, they showed a they showed double deflection which beat Igor. Listen, A triple deflection. Uh VC tips it, then uh Hagel tips it and then Schneider tips it. So it it, it, it changes direction three times. So no chance for just sterkin on that one, but luckily uh Modder who again ha- didn't have the best season in for Ottawa this year. I think he's got more goals with since coming back to the Rangers than he did all season for Ottawa.
1: well you know what's crazy is I saw a list on Twitter of all the players' productions since they've been traded. And Mott's like Well Mott was on the list. Or maybe no, maybe Mott wasn't on the list. But you know who was at the top? Or like second? Parizanko? No. Amikela? No, 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 no. Not for the Rangers. this isn't for the Rangers. Oh. This is the whole league. Um Who do you think? Don't was tell don't tell me two. since being traded. Since being traded. So they basically did it like almost like produ- like per game, I guess.
0: Uh, is it on a non-playoff team now? Correct. Yes. Is it is it Sammy Blay? <laughs> Sammy Blay was number two.
1: Damn. I I want to say, uh, is it Sandine on Washington?
0: Was oh number yeah, one. yeah yeah yeah.
1: Um,
0: that definitely makes sense. Um, because Sandine was a guy you could tell that with. Just ter- for whatever reason, Toronto never really trusted him, but he's clearly a, a gifted puck mover. You know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I'm, it sucks it didn't work out for Blay here, which vis a vis the Rangers. So in the end, the Toronto, uh, excuse me, St. Louis essentially got Buchnevich for a second round pick because they got Sammy Blay back. Although that's, I guess we technically got uh, Blay was part of the Tarasenko package. So. So when you yeah. think of it as as uh basically a second and a first or no a second a first and a third for uh, Mikola and Tarasenko, not so bad. No, it's not so bad. I, I like but, Oh, but I I mean, excuse me. Uh, and but- Pavel who but- <laughs> <laughs> would be great in the team. Yeah. Nice stop, Igor. And he checks Perry in the back. I like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, I That's first off, podcast, I like Mikola.
0: Oh, I he's like been Mikula. great. I, I I Nico like has been my- great for the Rangers for, for what he is. I have no illusions about what Nico Mikola is and is not. But he's going to be. He's our.
1: You're asking that guy to be our sixth defenseman. Sign me up every day of the week. The guy is just a long guy. Like he's long. He, he eats up a lot of space. I feel like he's going to be a very good, not very, a very good last pairing defenseman for the playoffs. He's going to chew up minutes if you need him to, you know, he'll occasionally, you know, kill a penalty. I think he, he's going to be exactly what you need him to be. And those players are so important come playoff time. So, uh, again, another depth guy that we got in order to, you know, make a run in the playoffs. Uh,
0: I want uh, what else do I want to talk about. Um, what the fuck? Oh, boy, this is not good. This game uh, is, is breaking down here. Lindgren's about to, to destroy Oh my god, Lindgren's about to uh players are, are basically bowling into Shisterk and Kalorn. Lindgren goes after. Again, sorry, this is not good podcasting, but No,
1: you're like four minutes ahead of me, so I have like no idea what's going on. Um Okay. Anyway. Um oh, uh let's see. What else did I want to talk about? Oh, I wanted to talk about uh the NHL standings right now,-hmm, uh, you've conceded second place to the Devils, right? Or do you still live in this fantasy world that the Rangers somehow ca- catch them and leapfrog
0: them? Uh, I don't think that's happening, but how, how many points does Carolina have on the Devils? Carolina right now has three, and then they have a game in hand,
1: so potentially five. I just that's not happening either. I, I hate to break it to devil's fans. as much as I probably would want it to happen. Stop by you. It's not. It's not going to happen. Onto the net. So, uh, yeah. But with that being said, obviously the the matchups are pretty, pretty set in terms of obviously the two three seeds. Um, Andy, my question for you is: Are you happy? And I think I already know this answer. Are you happy to see Pittsburgh on the outside looking in? Yes, I'm happy to see Pittsburgh and Washington on the outside looking in. Okay, right, well, th- so are you ha- so you're fine with the Islanders making it in over Pittsburgh? Yeah, I am, I think. See, and all right, so this is leading me into my next thing, because you know how we kind of all, every- <sighs> it's getting too popular. The take of the Islanders being able to beat Boston is becoming too popular that it's not going to happen. So I kind of almost want the Islanders to miss the playoffs. But if that happens, it has to be Buffalo that leapfrogs them. There's no
0: way. Isn't Buffalo like six points
1: back? Yeah, they are. But they have played two less games. So they're six points back of the Islanders. But if they win the two games in hand, I have no.
0: They'll be two in Buffalo, in Buffalo. No, absolutely not. (laughs) (sighs) All right. I wish it could happen. Trust me, I'm with you. I love to see Buffalo in the playoffs, but. Just for that market, I think they deserve it, but they'll All probably right. be there next year. But I just don't. They're not. I just. They're just.
1: Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, I still have faith in them. They're they're like my All the right. one last thing that I have, you know, in terms of you know a, sh- a perfect playoff scenario for a New York Rangers fan is Buffalo leapfrogging the Islanders, knocking them out. Because now this whole take of it's gotten too popular we have non hockey guys on on WFAN talking about how the Islanders will beat the Boston Bruins because the Tampa Bay Lightning got swept by the you know the Columbus Blue Jackets but people forget that the Columbus Blue Jackets were a very very good team uh with Panarin leading the way and they had you know a couple players that can really play and you know uh, you know and they just caught them at the right time so yeah it's all it's over for the Islanders in my opinion um they're not going to beat Boston. They're not even going to come close. It'll probably be a sweep. So it is what it is. But Andy, out West, Edmonton Oilers or the Colorado Avalanche winning
0: the West? Ooh, man. Uh, I think both, not, both teams humming right now, but I think Colorado's just getting healthier. So I think it's only a matter of time. Although, uh, I mean, doesn't, doesn't Vegas almost have that pretty much wrapped up? I don't trust Vegas. They're frauds to me. They're Winning they're fraud... the West
1: in the playoffs or just for the regular season? Both. I don't trust Vegas at all. I don't trust their goaltending. I don't trust the consistency of their forwards to be able to put, put the puck in the net. Uh, I think they're going to play too slow of a game come playoff time. And my take is they get knocked
0: out first round. And if they play Seattle. I... I... Yeah, uh, you know, and I, we're not talking about that enough, I think. Seattle, man, I mean, what a coup for that market. Second year in the league and in the playoffs, right? Right. Yeah. pretty. And re- honestly, they're a team that might, at least out there, they could surprise people. You don't want to know
1: pe- what? people aren't talking about it because Vegas went to the cup final in their first.
0: Yeah. Like, probably. it's pretty remarkable that Seattle's in the playoffs in their second year. Yeah, considering literally expansion was almost like a death sentence for teams coming to the league in the just forever until and probably until Vegas, right? Yeah. I mean, let me ask you a question. If you were the, let's just say,
1: I don't know who's the worst team. Let's just say Columbus is the worst team. If you're the Columbus blue jackets, well, no, they have too many young, good, really good players. They're, they're, they're young core. If they stay with Columbus, they'll be really good. Let's just say Anaheim ducks. If you're the, the, gm of the ducks would you rather go through and you could you could cut everybody on your roster and you'll you can play by the expansion rules to re-pick your team would you rather go through an expansion or would you rather keep the core that you have and and try to build the team around
0: uh you know a couple of the pieces that you have mm. i don't know that's kind of a tough decision i feel like what what, what do you think um it, it Well, I, I guess it really
1: comes down to do you trust the core group that, you know, the Ducks have, you know, whether that's,
0: you know, Zegers, Troy Terry. Um, I mean, you know. uh, they're going to need a lot more, I think, because I, I think unfortunately for them, it's that the, those guys are all so young that I think you're going to have to get one or two. Or maybe just, you know, you need some some older uh, marquee players they don't even have to be as good as as Troy Zegers or Troy Terry but I think they just need something like you know who's a guy I think um if he's unless he's committed to staying like I feel like a TJ Oshie could do some work on a, a a Ducks team you know what I mean got a pedigree he's a good playmaker can do a little bit of everything he's not a superstar maybe at this point in his career but um he can just he can make things happen with similarly talented forwards with hands. You know what I mean. But he also like competes hard. I know he burns the Rangers every time they play play Washington. But you know, I think those, that's the caliber of player I think they they need. A, you know, an Oshie, a, a Jeff Skinner, maybe not the 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 ultimate like premier forward, but they need to draft defenseman. Yeah, and they need defensemen. I mean, obviously they have good pieces back there like Rysdale, but. They just need more they need more of it um you know (laughs) uh Klingberg is gone and didn't work out for them obviously Kevin Shattenkirk at this point in time is not the answer to their problems but yeah they, they, they 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 don't have and maybe Drysdale will be the next like Quinn Hughes type uh defenseman for them but they also need a they need a steady Eddie anchor back there
1: yeah well, yeah, yeah. I, I just think I probably would go through the expansion though, only because you can probably get a lot of those guys that teams can't really afford. You know, like, like the teams in in the playoffs. Like, there's there, you see it last year with the Tampa Bay Lightning. You just you lose players because you, they just can't they can't pay them. There's no there's no spot on that roster. Like, a Palat had to go to New Jersey in order to get a little bit of a pay raise and. You know, uh, opportunity to play. You know, you know, an important role for a, a new team. So it's just, it. I don't know. I just look at like a team like the Ducks, and it's like, yeah, you got some pieces, but are you are you going to be able to sign some of those difference makers to fill in in the void in the meantime? So, but again, I guess if you get Bedard, then it's all worth
0: it, right? Yeah. Nope, never mind. But uh yeah, I mean, honestly, Bedard, I'm I'm hoping for Columbus. I I uh, Igor what a stop, Jesus Christ. Yeah,
1: I guess I I am too. I feel bad for Columbus, I guess the most. Um if I he really can't go to Chicago, there's just no way. They don't deserve them. Uh they've won their cups. They can stink for a couple decades and just, you know, kind of regroup. But you know, i I wouldn't mind seeing him go to Arizona. I don't think the league is going to reward them though, because they just can't get out of their own way sometimes. And then, uh, who else is at the bottom? I mean, I could see him going to Montreal. It'd be interesting if he went to Philly. Uh, as much as I don't want that to happen, it would be pretty pretty interesting to have him then in the Atlantic or uh, Metro. Excuse me and you know, have to face off against him. So, um, and that would certainly change the makeup of that team because that's a team that was scrappy this year. If you had a kid like Bedard, you're going to get a couple, you know, you're going to be able to sign a few pieces because I think a lot of people would want to play with him. Um, how do you think he's going to do in
0: the NHL next year? Oh, he's going to tear it up because a, I think that like, I think the thing with Bedard is that he, where it takes some other forwards, young forwards time to put it together. I think the one thing that'll, and maybe, and I don't know, he won't be a fully formed product yet, but I think the fact that he's got an elite NHL shot already, well, I think it'll take a lot of heat off of him. Put him on, whichever team gets him, just put him on your power play with that shot. And I think he scores at least a minimum, only on the power play. I think he has a minimum, he's a minimum 20 goal scorer if you put him on. And that's only on the power play. It's not even strength. You know what I mean? So, which, you know, so maybe if it's like, oh, his underlying analytics weren't good. He get pushed out of the air, tough areas, this and that, yada, yada. Needs to get stronger, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the year, if he scores 10 goals at even strength and 20 goals on the power play, you're like, he scored 30 goals in his first year in the NHL. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think he's going to be hovering right around that 65 point mark. His 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 year, uh, you know he's he's good about uh being in the right and unlike, like even though he is a smaller guy he's not like Hughes where he was he's underdeveloped he's actually like you know I mean, he's not he's 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 stout enough for his size uh which should help him but at the same time um yeah he's just he's a he's a he's a damn good skater and. He's got killer instincts and he's smart and he's got a blisteringly dangerous release. You know what I mean? But the, I think the difference is that he, unlike a lot of young guys, it's that I think he can get it off. He has a type of release that I think he should be able to use it with less time and space. Whereas it's a big adjustment for guys who can't literally just walk down the wall whenever they want. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I do think you're, you're underestimating
1: his ability to, to pass the puck too. Oh no, that too. I think his hockey sense is unbelievable, especially yeah. around the net.
0: Yeah, I think I was just saying overall, if one of the things he does struggle with as a youngster is that sort of thing. Yeah, it, well, yeah, they,
1: and like you said, there's going to be some growing pains to his game, but uh, overall, I, watching him, you know, obviously not play against NHL talent, but you can tell this kid's special. He is going to transform whatever team he goes to. And it is, I think hell will break loose if a team like the New York Rangers, you know, obviously have when we won the Lafreniere lottery. If a team that's in the middle of the pack ends up getting Bedard, I think hell will break loose in the NHL. I, I really do. I, I I think, I think there'll be people protesting the the, the lottery. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I I swear to God. Go, Listen, the, everyone already thinks that the, the the lottery is fixed in the NHL uh, to help certain organizations, <clears throat> Pittsburgh. But you know, I, I you know Bedard, you know he could save one of these fucking failing, you know teams like Arizona. He can he, if if he can't save them, then they can't be saved. You
0: know. So um, and I, honestly, if Arizona gets them, they're getting better. I think they're starting to turn a corner that it's literally taking them forever i mean clayton keller finally turned to a superstar you know what i mean yep and uh barrett hayton's looking like a real player for them too you know what i yeah. mean and, and yeah and you know i
1: and it's funny because like you had a season like and obviously Gus bear got traded but there was a guy that was kind of struggling and didn't find his way and then he found his game again once he went to arizona and you know whether or not it was Playing time, or just you know you know he just need a new change of scenery, but you know I, I really do feel like uh, you know those types of players they're gonna be able to blossom out in Arizona. there was less pressure you know gossip Bear went from Philly, you know where you know you're getting scrutinized and spit on, probably you know if you have a bad game to Arizona, where you know you're just happy people are coming out whether or not they're mad at you or not, so you know I think it's just a different environment, it's a little bit more relaxed, guys can have fun. You have a good, you know, young younger core of players that you know are working hard, regardless of where they are in the standings. They're a fun team to watch and listen. I I I know they haven't been able to draft well, and you know they, you know, in my opinion, they probably shouldn't be in this situation. But you're not always guaranteed to draft yourself out of the bottom. You know, look at Edmonton; they basically had to get McDavid in order to get out from the basement. So. It's just, it's not always about drafting, but, you know, I I really do think getting a generational talent like Dard would put that team uh, in contention to be a playoff team for the
0: next decade. So, um, you got anything else, Andy? No. I mean, as we're recording this, uh, how many fights have the Rangers in Tampa had? It's got a playoff like atmosphere, uh, but. You know, it's it's getting physical and the Rangers aren't shying away. So I think uh, an underrated aspect is that I think this Rangers team, although I wouldn't say they're the toughest team in the playoffs. They're they're one of them, you know, them, Boston, Tampa. I'm trying to think any other teams that I would say are tougher than those three teams physically in the playoffs. So. Yeah, I don't know. So I think that's something they have to figure out, especially when it actually you're not afraid of getting hurt and just going all out and you know how you can use that in terms of just uh just bullying teams on the forecheck we heard that Turk was showing um everyone else on the on the team clips of the the kid line just grinding away and that's what he wants them to do because that's what you're gonna have to do to, to slow teams down you know what I mean so or just to get them to to get tired out from working and and just mentally feel like they're they're up against and they can't get out of their own end. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, uh, and and
1: you know, I I think you know, kind of sum everything up. I think you know, it's important for, um, you know the the New York Rangers. This just, I know this is easier said than done, but find your consistent game, play through it, work hard, win loose pucks. It doesn't have to be fancy. The Rangers are a team that like to pass, 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 pass. But you saw what tonight happens when you throw the puck on net. Good things happen. And hopefully, you know, you know, Galant is preaching that, you know, come playoff time. That it's always not about the the pretty pass or the perfect play or the tic-tac-toes. It's more about throwing pucks on net, grinding, winning loose pucks, continuing that forecheck, shift after shift, just come in waves, one line after another. You know, and then you know from your back end, you just kind of need guys to keep their game simple. Like Mikula, just gather the puck. If there's no outlet pass, high off the glass. Forwards got to you know, you know, got to be working to get towards that puck and and, and kind of supporting it. So, listen, Andy, uh, it's it's, it's be- almost becoming that time. We only have like another podcast or two, and obviously, we're gonna have to preview really the first round against New Jersey Devils and and the, the podcast right before the playoffs start. So, um yeah i'm excited i know you're excited so um i'll leave you to, to
0: to wrap it up and you have to give a prediction of what happens here in the third period for the new york rangers well the rangers are currently ahead of goal but tampa really worked in this period i think the rangers can hold on and win god i hope they do just because tampa being a little bit older i think they'll finally run out of gas from the push but the rangers uh, D zone coverage has been absolutely abysmal this period. It's been an adventure and Tampa's really exploiting that, just getting behind them, but that being said, I feel like the Rangers, their young legs seem to be uh, winning out, but they just, God, they have to stop turning the puck over, and they just have to support the puck a little bit closer. I think that's the thing. I think they're getting so caught up in the track meet that when it goes the other way, they're, it's Tampa's coming at them with numbers, but I just think if you gap up a little bit better, it's gonna prevent a lot of these self-inflicted problems, so I think the Rangers can do it, but they're going to have to have a better period uh, this third than their second. because Right now, Tampa is just breaking them down systematically as they've done for years. You know what I mean? But Igor sure looks like he's trying. He's up to the challenge. Up, oh, break, pass. But uh, so hopefully let's see if they get what a pass from Lafreniere back That's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say one more of the kid line gets one more in the third. And even if Tampa scores again, I still think the Rangers win this one. But. If uh, you're listening to this on Thursday morning and I'm wrong, God, I'm going to look really stupid. So, uh, But yeah, this looks and feels like playoff hockey. So it looks like the Rangers are gearing themselves up. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the hockeypodcastnetwork.com.